When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And today, oh my goodness, we're so excited to have Steve Franks back. We've been losing our minds a little bit because... Now we can actually talk about psych. And we're not just talking about psych, we're talking about one of our favorite episodes, extradition to the actual extradition part. Steve, we love you so much. Psychos, please enjoy. Hi, Steve. Hello, Maggie. Hello, Tim. Hi, Tim. Hi, Steve. Hi, Maggie. See, it's so weird when I can't hear myself. Oh, it's okay. You sound okay. great. And you look great, most importantly. Are these new glasses? Uh, these are, No, these are my green biscots. Love them. These are my reading glasses. I always, they're just the, they're a green version of the, um, there we go. That's a little bit. I, the green version of my black ones. Hi, everybody. Hi. Steve, people were on social media being like, oh, my gosh, they better have Steve Franks on for the next episode. And I was like, oh, yay. They well, know. that's good because I was just on, so it's like I think I, well, I'm I'm concerned I'm over oversaturing myself. No, never ever ever. There it is. Never, never <laughs> ever. This is the best. Also, this is this episode is so good and so fun, and I'm so glad we're back to like being able to talk about all things psych. It is cool, okay. but you know what? I I really thought you guys did a tremendous job in pivoting. And and it's really fun the challenge last time of like not being able to even say the word of the television program that we were speaking about. Well, we so, were very strict. That, about selfishly, it. I got to say that I kind of enjoyed the pivot because I got to know more about, learn many more things about my dear friend Maggie. I felt that way too. I feel the same way about Steve. We did one too with Andy that we just like there was just a and, and James like we. I feel like there's just a lot of good. There was it was a very nice pivot to just hang out. It was like our psych family, but not about psych, but still the psych family. Kurt, Kurt Fuller. Oh my god. Oh yeah, god. that's right. If you need a disclaimer, Tim is actually doing this entire episode without the benefit of hearing his own voice in his how tragic. His own beautiful voice. So if he if you are just marveling at the skill of the repartee in which he is delivering, imagine doing it without any monitors, without knowing <laughs> Thanks, what's saying. It's amazing, right? So amazing. I can't tell. Does my voice sound normal? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I hear a little hoi ti hoi ti hoi. Oh, we haven't done hoi ti hoi ti hoi. So, okay, let me do it properly. Yeah. Maggie Lawson. Yeah. 
Hoity 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 hoity. It's been a while. I've missed it. I really yeah, have. There's so much we missed by not there's being able to so do our OG missed. format. Yeah. Well, tonight's going to be a, or today, or whenever you happen to be listening to this on your <laughs> drive time, it's going to be a high wire act that is being yeah. presented by Timothy Amundsen in, in the most spectacular forms. Yep. Hey, hey guys. Um, I feel Hi. like, again, because I can't hear my voice, and it's apparently because if I don't want to hear my voice, I can't remember what I said, but have we established how great everybody looks? Um, I, we do this. Everybody looks great today. Everybody, this is a good and exceptionally a good looking day for all of us. I feel like I do have to say, Tim, that we had to make a last minute switch to a different platform to record this. And I did notice there was a touch up filter that I may have, I may have included in my presentation. So this yeah. is a lot of smoke and mirrors right hey, now. I've never found and a touch up feature. Damn it. Gotta love Zoom. Gotta love Zoom's touch-up filter. I love it. I love um, it. Let's dive in, and then because I know Steve, you have lots of fun memories from this. Have we said the magic words though, or the magic? Have we launched the no. magic question? You do that, Tim. You do that. Steve Franks, our dear friend, creator of all things, the, the beauty of psych flows from. Are you ready to help my dear friend Maggie Loss and I podcast the shit out of this amazing episode of the Psychologist and Rain, a Psychology podcast? Almost. I'm very close. I'm I'm moments <laughs> away from being ready. Hold on. I'm ready now. It's let's yay! Go. We're going to dive in because there's going to be so much to talk about here, I feel like. So let's just go. All right. Episode 10, Extradition 2, the actual extradition part, written by Steve Franks. Directed Our hero. by Steve Franks. Yay! <laughs> this is what's crazy about this episode. I wrote the first a Despero episode with Andy Berman. And I had thought that I'd written, if not all of them, at least three of them, because I know I wrote the the fourth one with Kel. So I'm like, what happened to Andy? I'm like, what happened to Andy? Why didn't Andy write this one with me? So I'm a little confused. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we'll have to ask Andy sometime. Yeah, we'll ask Andy. But I feel um, like, I, yes, Tim. So before we dig in, I need to say for those folks out there who are not watching on Patreon, A, why aren't you watching on Patreon? But B, our dear Maggie Lawson is rocking a beautiful Pepto Pink Psychologist are in merch yes. hoodie. And you look yes, amazing. It, it's, it's, it's my a, favorite hoodie. Well, it's because it's a beautiful color on you. It really makes you glow. Hey, thanks, Tim. It's that, you know, where I, I discovered all of this on Psych, obviously, because that's where Pepto Pink was was born. So Mag- Maggie and the Pepto Pink, and now it's my favorite. It's like my favorite color. Um, you know what else is looking really good? Steve. You are. Well, in addition to Steve, your, your Ficus Triangulara is looking really, really oh, yeah. good. <laughs> Thank you. It's coming back to life. So here, I'm going to turn her around because she needs a little turn. So there was like a moment when I thought I was going to like maybe lose her. And then the lovely people at Sunset Nursery over in Silver Lake gave me a tip about a certain kind of soil to use. It's called the blood blend. Not even kidding. And I don't know why, but it's the soil. uh, Who cares? Why are we talking about this? Anyway, I put some of that in and then I watered it. And all of a sudden it's like, it's, there's so many buds and it's completely sprung back to life. It's it's making me so happy. Thank you for noticing. Sure, It could have been the blood blend, but you know what I think it really is? What? The fact that we were back to our OG original format, talking about Psych, the greatest show in history of all television shows. (laughs) With the creator of the greatest show 
ever. So anyway, okay, let's, we're going to, let's go, let's go. Okay. Pineapple extradition cider. Extradition two. Extradition two. The extradition part. Actual extradition part. Tim, did you get the pineapple sighting? Nope. I did. Was it, is it in it. Henry's Kitchen? It's the wood one, Henry's Kitchen. I go, no. No. Okay. I, then you go. Cause I didn't get it. No, we're not. I don't think we're in Henry's. Are we in Henry's Kitchen? I don't think so. We, it's yeah. Steve. Yes, do you know what are. it is? Oh, we are in Henry's Kitchen. Wait, yes. hold on. So maybe there are two then, because the one I got was the one that I think Devin got here. But do you know what it is, Steve? Well, for me, I I, I know we're in, we shoot in Henry's Kitchen, but I, I don't, I right. actually didn't even pay attention to what the pineapple was. So I'm excited. You tell me. There is a glass pineapple in Sean and Gus's hotel room. Oh, wow. Okay. We, I think that was a good one. Like the good one by like the, the, the art department or the, yeah, Tim. Well, and to be fair, I couldn't get it two, two weeks in a row because the internet would just explode because I of got course. it last week. <laughs> he did. He did get it last week. It was a big day. It was a big, very exciting. <laughs> All right. Ready? Here we go. Well, wait, go. hold on. Wait, we, Steve, go. We, we haven't started and we've already missed something. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's a first, right? That's, that's a, yes. a, 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 a recap. Side, recap first, because before this episode even plays, if you go to the Peacock and which everybody go, go, should go, go. have the premiere, you know, the, mm-hmm. the ad-free edition. If mm-hmm. if you go to the episode description of this episode, they they will tell you that Sean and Gus visit Despero in Vancouver. But they spell Sean, S-E-A-N, as if this show isn't providing them most of their revenue, right? Of course. Okay, I think that's not the only time they've done that. I have seen that before. (laughs) And I wonder if it was like this episode that I watched at a different time or something. But I didn't catch it on the description this time. But I have seen that. And I'm like, and it's only like occasionally. It's very funny, as you said. I'm always always fascinated. And And I did choose a name. For Sean, that that has multiple spellings, but it True. is funny when people get locked into a spelling. And the funny thing is, Kelly Kolchak, right up to the end of the show, would when she would give notes on Chief Vic, it would be V I C as if it was Vic Tayback. So I always <laughs> Vic Damone. Yeah, exactly. I love it. So oh my god, I, that's funny. I think I must admit it was always, his spelling was always a little tricky for me because when I was on Judging Amy. My character Sean Potter, spelled S E A N. Yeah. So whenever I was I'm doing notes, I I I trip up on on which spelling I'm doing, which character spelling I'm doing. That's really funny. Well, I thought That's you know so I've just made that about me real quick. No, no, no. It's good. That's that that actually adds color to the whole situation. So it's really good. It is funny, but nobody ever spells Juliet wrong. So that's great. Um, that is true. For God's sakes, get to the meat. Okay, Sean and Gus receive an invitation from Pierre Despero to visit him in British Columbia, but there's yeah, a catch. Despero. Despero is still in prison. After some convincing, Gus agrees to go with Sean on their free trip. Okay, fresh off sharing a kiss with Juliet, Sean is faced with telling her his feelings before she leaves for the Amalfi Coast with her boyfriend, Declan, and before he and Gus leave for British Columbia. Henry gives Sean a pep talk to share, there it is, uh, his uh, real feelings. However, Sean misses his chance after McNabb tells him that Juliet asked him to help with her passport, meaning she already left for Italy. This scene back at Henry's house between between Henry and Sean is so sweet, and I loved it. And there's a, um, 
There's an OG Red Robin reference, which we haven't had in oh, many, yeah. many seasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when John That's says, true. You ever heard that? that was a conversation I had with Gus in the men's room of Red Robin, <laughs> which just made my heart a little warm to hear an old an OG Red Robin's reference. Yeah, I have some really fun. Uh, there, the the lines in this episode, like that, rattle off. Where I'm like, did he just say what I think he said? And then, and we'll get to it in just a moment. But okay, so um, yeah. Well, you know what's what's so fun about that? I think there's going to be a theme. There's actually last time we had no information whatsoever, and this time there's just tons of backstory and information. So if you're fans of of trivia Delicious and flavor. knowing. And yeah, and going behind the inside baseball behind the curtain, you're going to love this. And if you're not, just turn it off right now and go <laughs> to the next one. But um, there was a, a longer version of it. But I just love the idea that Henry so much wants any kind of insight in the Strahan's life that he'll butt dial him and then he'll answer the phone and listen for 10, 15, 20 yeah. minutes yeah. just to get the information. Because I, I yeah. thought that was that was super sweet. And Corbin just Loved. is so good at this stuff. He you know? is. These scenes that are between Sean and Henry and, and and like the complicated father, son that could just so come off like not caring. It can also come off overly, you know, like what am I trying to say? Uh, not dramatic, but kind of like syrupy. Like what a, he the note, Corbin, the note those two always hit. And also that's the writing too, like is so they just land like yeah. like. Anyway. Well, you can really tell that Corbin's got three boys. Yeah, right. certainly. Certainly right. so. And and what is so great, and you'll see it in this episode a lot, is that we will do those moments, but the way that we buy it back, because James does not want to go anywhere near sentimental, and you almost, you almost <laughs> have to cheat. But the way that we buy it is the moment at the end where James says, Dad, can we never have this conversation, conversation again? again? So they find that way, that, uh, the way to just sort of pull, take the air out of it. So it isn't like we're landing on the, on the sentimentality of it all, but we still get to have our cake and eat it too, because we've just had the scene and, and it's done. So that's, oh that's what's so great about, about those two. And, and just that kind of material with Corbin. Yeah. And we're, we're now that we're making these movies, we're really leaning into it because it's yeah. it's such a great um, you know skill that that Corbin has, and we we write to it, and and a lot of it now is uh, is between Tim and and Corbin, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it so well, great. I can't wait to see how we lean into it in movie number four. Same, it would same. Be, it would be fascinating if there was a script for that already, and I knew about it, like a Corbin and 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 Tim scene, but. I don't know. Really, if I can, he says. I don't know if there's much ash. That would be fascinating, now. I just it? I don't know if there is one. So yeah, right, right, right. But hypothetically speaking, if there were, that would be amazing. Oh yeah. my god, it would be great, and you should start learning those lines. Uh huh. <laughs> that aren't written. Yes, exactly. Yet. When they are written, when they are written, you should learn those lines. Right. And you know the other great thing um, that's fun about this episode is the context of this episode because where we shot this episode is in the busiest time in the history of the show because this was the episode we shot before Dual Spires. And, oh, we and, did. And we were plotting the episode that actually airs next, which is after, after this episode, which was In Plain Fright, which was originally going to be a 3D episode 
which was going to be this giant spectacular thing. And I think the episode we shot before this was the uh, Sean 2.0. So, wow, right. So right. there's a run of four that were so giant. And yeah. this episode... One maybe two ways out, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. And, oh, yeah. I don't know if that one Same. aired or shot... I think we shot that one maybe one out or two order. back. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's hard to figure, but but there is something very funny about the end of this episode. And and Tim, when we get to it, we can we can talk about it more in depth. By the time in rewatching the episodes for this amazing podcast, it's been really fun to sort of track the um, the jewels. Oh my gosh! Well, we're gonna obviously get to that. Whether you prefer a subtle smoky eye, frosted glam, or somewhere in between, Thrive Cosmetics gives you all your festive looks and that holiday glow. You've probably seen their viral turquoise tubes all over your socials, like their best-selling Brilliant Eye Brightener and award-winning tubing mascara. I'm a huge fan of both. They're certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. And with thousands of five-star reviews, it's easy to see why Thrive Cosmetics is on every makeup lover's holiday wish list. Plus, for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I absolutely love, so you can feel good about it. It's one of my favorite aspects about this company. Find your holiday spotlight. Brilliant Eye Brightener. Highlighter stick made to brighten and open your eyes, giving you an instant eye lift. Apply to the inner corners of your eyes to look rested and effortless. I'm obsessed with this product. I'm obsessed, and I've turned so many people onto it as well. It's just, it's like magic. It literally is like an instant eye lift. Use as an eyeshadow for a daytime glow or use metallic shades for an easy smoky eye. Its foolproof formula makes it extremely easy to apply and blend any of the 16 shades. Like 16, that's so many. I just love this company. I love everything that they're about. I love that they give back. And honestly, it's some of the best like newer makeup I've tried in a long time. And I love that it's it's vegan. I love that it's cruelty-free, but it's also just really magical makeup. Give the gift of Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash pineapple. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash pineapple for 20% off your first order. The holiday season is here and it comes with gift giving, lots of great food, and of course, dreaded holiday portraits. Uh, yeah. I think it's just like the time of year. We take so many photos during the holidays and it's also like it's cold and your skin doesn't feel great and you're eating it. You just, you know, it's not your most photogenic time of year. I don't know. That's uh, that's me. But it's also like my skin just loves to break out around the holidays. It's perfect. While we can't control their other aspects of the holidays, we can make sure you feel confident and camera ready for your photos. That's why we're excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. Whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. Through Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne. Simply fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and a dermatology provider will create a customized treatment plan just for you. Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne and even back, chest, and butt acne. Treat breakouts from head to toe. Honestly, I have, for some reason, over the last few months, I have developed a little bit of a pattern of breakouts. I think it's mostly like around hormones, but still. 
thanks to apostrophe, it's getting better. I know for me, my biggest skincare goal at this point would be like the skin texture because it gets cold and dry this time of year. And, you know, we could use a little we could use a little refresher. Anyway, thanks to apostrophe, you can get access to prescription treatments, virtual derm consultations, visits and an expert derm team. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only five dollars. Five dollars. Just talk to somebody at apostrophe.com slash pineapple when you use our code pineapple. That's a savings of 15 bucks. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash pineapple and click get started and then use our code pineapple at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you to Apostrophe for sponsoring this episode. One of my favorite moments on the whole show, uh, on the whole series is in this episode. And it's not probably what you think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's different. No, it's, so it's been really fun. Just and because actually, full disclosure, I I thought we were doing a plain fright today. So last night, <laughs> so when I started oh, watching, <laughs> yeah, watching that episode, and the very first, I'll go. Well, I'm going to save it for uh, when we actually do that one when we record. Well, in a couple of days. Here's, here's the thing, Tim. In this crazy four episode period, I co-wrote in plain fright as well. I don't know how, uh, but I wrote it with Tim Meltrigger. So I'm sure I leaned on Tim very heavily for that. But I'm like, I don't, how was I standing at the yeah. end of all this? Because that is a wild a directing an episode. Period. Wild directing. Well, a huge episode. Well, like, and, and yeah. this, this episode, this episode taught me so much. Okay. We're going to inside baseball. Get ready. Cause it's inside trivia stuff. Is this what the, I interrupted you on? Sorry. So go. No, I'm no, no, no. Here. Okay. No, I was actually I was actually going to hold off. I was I was trying to tease it. Um but uh, but now we're going to something slightly different. But this episode is if you ever have your own television show was way too big. And it there are so many locations and so many different things and stunts and we're hanging a guy upside down and we're we're out on a road and driving shots on on a process trailer and all of this stuff in one episode and the next episode is going to be Dual Spires, which is going to take everybody's time and resources and is far away. It's a traveling. We had to shoot. Yeah, that was like yes. we're in in that. Uh, where's it? it? Starts with an S. What's it called? I'm forgetting. Son- Sonora Town? Surrey? No, not Surrey. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's on the way to Whistler. I thought anyway, it was, go on. I thought it was Squamish. Britannia. Squamish. Squamish. <laughs> Squamish. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what's funny is this this episode is so ambitious and because of that every every scene i go oh god i remember that we could only shoot like one side of that and, oh my god we were running there and we had 10 minutes to do that and we're going from one and everything is just on on by the skin of its teeth and if i was writing this now I would have scaled back one or two of the locations and uh, and and done it so it was actually more manageable within our time frame because mm-hmm. the one th- I go why did we shoot this so fast and then I realized because of dual spires I think we we used to get like once once or twice we would get an extra day of shooting so we yeah. have eight days instead okay. of seven right. and I Steve, think for you as as your friend if I was doing this over again I would be less drunk every day. <laughs> <laughs> So I wouldn't be sleeping off my trailer for half the morning. <laughs> well, for this one, it was too much traveling, and uh, but there's, yeah. but we we really were, were were we were out in the GVRD. We were at the MacGyver cabin. We were we were 
you know, we were downtown. It was so much stuff. And, and we, I remember before this, we gave the extra day from this episode to dual spires because it just right. needed it. And dual spires talk about complicated. Thank God we had Matt Shackman because he, it would, that, that was bigger than this. So I don't know how you guys were standing at the end of it, but, uh, but all of this stuff is, is so fast. And I'll point it out when there were scenes that we had 25 minutes to shoot or, you know, and, and we were just racing from one location to another. Yeah. We, this, here's how it's because we loved it so much when you love what you're doing, even on the, like, even if it's crazy, hard schedule, yada, yada, like it's still fun. It just fills your soul. So you're like, you're not that tired. You're tired, but you're not like, like, you know, emotionally tired. You're like excited and charged and you can't wait to go to work, even if you've only had three hours of sleep. But like, which is why I switched to my morning uh, espresso martini. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Instead of just the regular straight gin, I, went with, I threw a little espresso in there. Yeah. Tim, you had it figured out from the beginning. <laughs> he did. I'm he did. kidding. I rarely showed up drunk. Okay. <laughs> rarely. Uh, just, remember drinking, just drunk. I love for this show. Drinking Fridays. Remember drinking Fridays? When oh, how could I forget drinking Fridays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, were, we kept that Best quiet. Best day of the week. Yeah, yep, yep. All right, here. I'll move on and then just keep chiming in because this is so this is gold, you all. This is so good. All right, so after a plane montage, Sean and Gus arrive at the British Columbian prison where they meet up with Despero. Despero confesses, confesses how Sean's disappointment about him not being an actual thief has inspired Despero to pursue his true ambition of being able to pull off the perfect crime. Despero claims he is capable of being a great criminal and Gus shuts him down. That's when he appears in the backseat of their car after they leave. Sorry, did we, did we skip a uh, SBPD after Henry's house? We did. Uh, well, let's we go. didn't, but we okay. let's go back to McNab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene between Sean and McNab is so funny, and really, so how good. tremendous so um, Sage Brockovic is in the scene. Yeah, we don't. I mean, Sage does uh, sort of tall and lanky and uh, dorky really well, but we don't get to see a lot of Sage's uh, comedic chops. Yeah, in general. But this scene, he was really funny. I mean, they were both funny. And, but he really, I just thought, I want to call out, give Shane Sage a little extra love on this scene because he was so funny in this. Well, I love this scene. Yeah. yeah, and Tim, that goes right back to what we talked about with Corbin, being able to buy it back because we did have to establish that Sean was going to pour his heart out. And, and for me, as being the writer before we ever got to the set, I was like, okay, how are we going to impart that? And I go, my God, what if he acts, what if he inadvertently pours his heart out to McNabb? That's funny. And that's something we've never seen before. And, <laughs> and the, the button to it all is that he's been, he's been taking notes and he was addressing it to Chief Vic. Chief Vic. Is, yeah. uh, <laughs> delightful to me. And, and the <laughs> other thing, the other thing that clearly I was doing in this episode is I was trying to shoot parts of the set that, uh, that, that I felt were underutilized because if you look in Henry's house, Sean comes down the stairs, the stairs to nowhere, <laughs> because those stairs just go, they, they end right there where it started. And then he walks into the mudroom at Henry's house, which we there's almost a never... Yes, there's a mudroom right next to the refrigerator. Go back and watch. And then the front desk. I don't remember there ever being a scene at the front desk with someone sitting at the front desk. Usually it's just we're watching people walk in and it's a tracking shot going past it. So there's like a lot of, oh, and the other, in the psych office, they're using the little secretary's room that uh, that's at the entrance that we never, oh, yes, uh, almost we never, never that's used. That's right. 
Because I always, I always had this dream of of their, they would have an assistant all the time, and I always and what's coming up next in 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 Plain Fright is is Ken, the character of Ken. I I thought that Ken. would be so. Jerry I thought Shea. I thought Jerry Shea would come back like twenty five or thirty times, but it it's one of those things where we would get the budget and we would have only enough for two guest stars and all these other uh, pieces. So it was always a budgetary concern, which is why there are only <laughs> two suspects and, and the guy who did it in each episode. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, we're the easiest show to solve. Uh, and so <laughs> quick aside um, with the Sean and uh, McNabb scene through, through this whole arc, as I said, I've watched many of the episodes recently, the, um, as a testament to the writing and a testament to James Rodney Rodriguez being such a great actor. Mm. That's that episode of him. I mean, that's that um, is part of the storyline of him really deciding what he wants to do about Declan versus Juliet gets me every time. It's really, I mean, a lot of things, it just, it made me, it made me emotional every time I watch it. Yeah. And there's so much of it in this episode that really got me. And I'm probably so crying right now. But that's I okay. know he's yeah. getting emotional right now. So, I am. Sam, get your tissues. It's a real, right it's a real, it's a really nice scene, and there actually, there's a lot of there was a lot of genuine sincerity in this episode, which is yes. which is not not par for uh, <laughs> for our for our course, but uh, but you know this this episode needed it, and it was you know it was getting to a point we've been aiming for for four and a half years of right. the of the journey, right. so right. And also just, and, and also a character that, you know, with this Despero storyline and everything, there's a lot going on. Uh-huh, yeah. There's a lot going on. Okay, so um, Despero claims he is capable of being a great criminal and Gus shuts him down. That's when he appears in the backseat of their car after they leave. He explains he needed a visitor to make his escape work, and then he ends up tricking them and steals their car. Shortly after, Sean and Gus head to the RCMP headquarters to tip off the police about Despero escaping from prison and Corporal Robert McIntosh, who we love, immediately goes, no, 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 trying to stay out of trouble. And of course, we got to call out McIntosh named for Big Apple, our our gorgeous um, Mm -hmm. dolly grip. Yes. Um, Yes. We love. As Stephen always so good about um, calling out our naming our crew members. Naming characters after our beloved crew members. There are a few in this one. (laughs) There's there's so many people I named after other people. Um, I I named the 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 crown prosecutor after my next door neighbor, uh, and so he was he was very he was very excited about that. Oh God, I love it. Uh, there's a great there's a great story of when when Carrie pops up in the back of the car. I I didn't want to do it on a stage because they're they're supposed to be outside the prison and all that. So we put the we put the car in the process trailer, which is something that is reserved for shows with much larger budgets <laughs> and much more much more time. Yeah. And so what we did is we were up in the GVRD where we'll we'll, we'll later see a cabin scene and 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 we shot. I think I think that MacGyver cabin's been on the show more than Corbin. It's a famous cabin. It's, we should give it a name just so we have like it's, it has a character. Well, they, they call it the MacGyver. Oh, yeah. Oh, the MacGyver, they call yeah. it the MacGyver. That's what they that's what they call it up there. And we that's exactly where we shot the mummy episode. And and I love being up there. But so we put the car on the trailer and we and the car takes off up the mountain. They have to go for about four or five miles before they turn around because there's no place to turn around the whole the whole thing. So basically what we do is we send the process trailer with the car on it, cameras all around there, and we send them off driving. And then I'm following, watching on a little monitor. And um, and it's and it it looks 
real and it's and it's great. But there's three scenes in the car in this episode. And because we didn't have time oh, right. to reset, we had to do all three scenes in this episode at the same time. And so Carrie is hiding, laying down in the in the back seat for the first two-thirds of that first scene. Yeah. So Carrie has to lay down and then wait for his cue <laughs> to pop up and do his lines. And then he goes back down. We While do another do take of that. Yes. And we do another <laughs> take. And then we have two more scenes that Carrie's not in. He's not in them at all. So he can't get laying out. In the, he's laying in the back of the car. Oh my for, God. Forever. And that's what's so amazing. But the capper to this story, and I think Carrie will be okay with me telling this, is we had hot snack just before he got into the car. Oh, and no. The, the hot snack was chili dogs. Oh, no. <laughs> and chili dogs. Carrie was not feeling great after laying oh, in the no. car. Oh, for no. all of that time, and uh, and maybe it was just hot dogs, but it may have been. But that, but it was his stomach was he was feeling a little carsick from laying all that time, and uh, and had he been on a show with a larger budget, um, <laughs> we would we would have picked him up in a helicopter at the top of the road and brought him back to the comfort of his his opulent dressing Trailer. room. But yes. when you come, say, but when you come to psych, though, Tim, you lay down in the back of the car for three full and get carsick. <laughs> And figure it out. <laughs> on the hot snack. Oh, my God. This is a great Let me story. talk about hot snack for a second. So hot snack, I mean, what we do for a living is just ridiculous. <laughs> but there's nothing, when you're working in the cold outdoors of Vancouver, British Columbia, and hot snack shows up, oh, man, you know you made some good life choices. <laughs> yeah. it's 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 It changes everything. Oh, it's the best. Okay. It was. Um, oh, hey, Maggie, was, yes. uh, you mentioned on the um, RCMP. Yeah. And where Where was that building? The RCMP building? Yeah, just someplace that's kind of special to us. Right Wait. next to the uh, Edgewater Casino. Something you oh, and I have no, I uh, it so never well. walked into ever. Oh my gosh, never have I ever walked into a casino with Tim Amundsen and <laughs> turned into a giddy <laughs> child on, on Christmas and started singing ding, 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 ding to each other. Oh my God, we never did that. <laughs> and definitely not on this episode, Steve. We were very focused on our lines. <laughs> well, I I do tell you that, that, Tim, you were actually lighter than I liked it to be in this episode. So you probably had more time because- I wasn't going to say anything. No, no, no. I was, I, I, it was very noticeable um, to me but we had this whole Despero story. Despero had an arc. He was there were there were all kinds of things going on, and then we were we were barreling towards this this moment we're going to speak of at the very end between Sean and Juliet. So it was uh, there were there, you still have one of my favorite lines in in the episode. But uh, but it was I felt I needed a little more a little more Lassiter in my life after watching this episode. Well, thank you for that's kind of you to say. I'm not going to say that I that I disagree. <laughs> you shouldn't and you shouldn't i love his attitude i love that he's just so annoyed every time sean asks where i am like uh, it's the it's the like you have never heard a worse question in your life i don't know <laughs> female problems like you're so annoyed every time he says like where's juliet or what's going on juliet like anyway it's great um okay 
McIntosh says that they recently found their best detective dead and that things at the RSCMP are a tad nuts. But McIntosh calls the prison anyway, and the prison guard tells them that every prisoner has been accounted for. But almost immediately after, they get a call about an art theft at the Crown Prosecutor's uh, house. Sean and Gus immediately think it's Despero that did it. But things get extra hairy when they find out that the Crown Prosecutor has been killed. The guy's back. He was what? Oh, hold on. That the Crown Prosecutor has been Murdered. <gasps> Is that the first murder since we've come back to OG format, Tim? I think it was. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. I should have. I should have warned you all to, to put the weights down and, and pull Absolutely. over. Absolutely. This is a moment. <laughs> I got to say, like, it, it felt really good to be back with that. Me too. I, when you did it, I was like, "Oh my god, how could I miss this? How could I miss this moment?" Okay. The guys head back to the presidency that Despero has, in fact, broken back into prison, sight unseen. Despero admits to the art theft, saying that the perfect alibi was to be in prison. But Sean stops Despero when he tells him that they found a dead body in the same house he robbed, but Despero denies killing anyone. He thinks he's been set up. Sean and Gus do not believe him and leave. Then, to the boys' dismay, they find Lassiter in the RCMP office. He's there to extradite Despero along with his partner, Juliet, meaning she didn't go to the Amalfi Coast with Declan and Sean Yay! needs to tell her his ASAP. Mr. That's X. Like, Mr. It, X, that's why she needed mis- her passport. Which the entire, all of America goes, lets out a sigh of relief. And then the minute Sean doesn't take the shot, America starts breaking things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he, uh, okay. So Sean and Gus show up at the hotel Despero had reserved for them. Suddenly the RCMP show up and tell Sean and Gus that Despero has escaped prison and that one of the visitors saw him get in the back of their trunk. But when they go inspect it, Despero is not there and the valet man is. Sean and Gus say, uh, Sean and Gus then taken. Yes. Maggie, can I stop you right there? Oh, I know. Okay. Yes. I know you're flying uh, for for the trivia parts of it. First of all, the prison that we have there is that it's a youth correctional facility that we used. Mm -hmm. It was a youth correctional facility, obviously, that wasn't still operating. But we used that every time there was a jail in the history of psych. It was where Marlo was held during uh, during her. I thought that looked familiar to me. Yes, and there's there's a really long scene when I I, I brought a crane to come to to, to bring the camera down uh, across the the big giant gated wall, and then they actually you have to walk through this sort of chain link tunnel to get uh, from the front gate all the way through the facility, and we shot um, we we followed along along the side in profile and shot a big long speech between Sean and Gus that looked so cool and was so long that we had to cut the whole thing we couldn't cut into it so we had to we had to lose the whole thing just for the uh oh. for that there's this show this episode is is too big and it's um and it's it was too long so a lot of scenes are really really cut short uh and so just to just to get us to time uh great actors weren't used enough Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> there were 22 minutes of Tim Amundsen that just le- were left on the cutting room floor. Um, no, we, we kept it. Saddest story in the world. <laughs> but, the, but the fun thing, too, is that uh, that we, you know, we used um, so many locations. And what's the name of the hotel? Okay, that's what Gordon that, Marks Hotel. Yeah. This was it's, so good. Yes, it's the it's that hotel there is the, the hotel we've named the Gordon Mark Hotel, uh, named after our, our famous line producer who uh, made all sorts of magic happen for us. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but the real name of that hotel is the Bayshore, um, Weston Bayshore right now. And, and it was the Bayshore 50 years ago when what happened, Tim? Oh, when Howard Hughes just showed up one night um, from Guatemala and decided to stay for six months. So it's a... it's a What? I did not know that. <laughs> Howard Hughes showed up to this hotel. Nobody ever saw him except one maid. He covered up all the windows. It's like 1972. Oh, I think I did I believe. Hear this. And we actually we we actually got to go in the room that he was in, which wasn't even one of the nicest rooms, but if they weren't able to accommodate his party, he was going to buy the hotel. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. He, but did he buy the spruce goose in Vancouver Harbor? He did not. Yeah. And I know that's for a fact, but I know he stayed up to six months, but just like ah, a couple days it. short of six months, because then you have to declare your assets if you stay more than six months. So it, he was in there and there's a whole Howard Hughes suite. And it's not only that, it's one of the greatest hotels to go visit on your walk down in um, across English Bay. And it's to the beautiful, and it's it's pretty amazing. And it goes right into Stanley Park. Yes. Oh, it's just magic. Oh, my God. That's my run. I love doing that run uh, when I'm up in Vancouver. It's so pretty. And the the greatest blueberry lemon ricotta pancakes of all time. Uh, (laughs) This is a nice little ad for the Bayshore right now. I love it. Yes, they should love it. Sorry. The Gordon Mark and the Bayshore yeah. um, Hotel. So, but that episode, when uh, we pulled into the front, once again, you can see if you go back and watch that scene, we had 11 minutes of daylight to do that entire sequence. And we 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 were we were pushing over from another location. We raced up there and it's getting darker and darker and darker. And I've never had to run so much. And the very last shot of it is when they open up the trunk and they look in and we'll see that the uh that the 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 valet is has been stuffed in the trunk. And behind Sean and Gus um framed perfectly is the 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 building that Despero jumped off of in the first uh, oh right um, that's episode. right yeah so, that's right so oh I, I I lined up the car so you would see that there the for, building and then I thought you know twenty years later there'll be a podcast <laughs> and people are going to want to know this kind of trivia so so I there you go that. I that's love that the, that's why you and include Richard include Coleman in the our shot. first day is walking up to you going pointing at his watch and and the sun saying um Mister Frank we've got to go. Yes. Like, no, 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 no. I need the shot. Got I got to line go. the shot up. Yes. Well, and I now I just remembered the other reason was a problem is that we we got it all set up. We started the scene and a fire alarm went off. <gasps> Probably not at the Bayshore, but um, we had to shut down until all the fire alarms and the fire oh trucks who arrived stopped. So that's part of the <laughs> excitement. Of, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you all, but while the end of the year and also all of the holidays and all that can be very exciting and we can be setting intentions and seeing our friends and seeing our family and all those things, it can also be really, really stressful and really lonely and really hard. So this time of year, it can be a lot and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it, but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and give you the tools to manage everything going on. I always say I feel like therapy just helps us get to know ourselves in a better way. And therefore, it helps us get to know where our triggers are coming from, what to do about them when they happen, 
you know, so that we can stay in a more balanced space, especially in, in an incredibly wonderful but chaotic time of year. If you think you're starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pineapple. Family, friends, and Lumi whole body deodorant. These are the things I am thankful for this year. Why? Because Lumi is a D.O. like no other. It was created by an OBGYN who discovered B.O. isn't just an underarm thing. It's an all-over thing. So she developed a pH-optimized deodorant that's clinically proven to block odor everywhere. Not just your pits, but your privates, feet, and beyond. The best part? No matter where you use it, Lumi has proven to keep working for up to 72 hours. If three days of odor control isn't something to be thankful for, I don't know what is. Special offer. New customers get $5 off Lumi Starter Pack with our exclusive code. And for a limited time, returning customers can get $5 off their next purchase of $30 or more too. Use code PINEAPPLE5 at lumideodorant.com. L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. I love Lumi. I just, it works. It honestly works. I love how it smells. I think it's amazing. It's a wonderful gift for people. And I love that it was developed by an OBGYN as well. And I like the pH balance, all of that. It's just, it's, it's a, it's good stuff, this Lumi. Anyway, it's a whole body deodorant. It's seriously, it is safe to use anywhere, anywhere. I'm going to tell you, this is a, all the things, pits, under boobs, thigh fold, belly buttons, and feet. It's clinically proven to block odor all day and control it for up to 72 hours. How? Unlike some deodorants that try to mask the odor with a fragrance, Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. It's like a pre-deodorant. Baking soda-free and paraben-free. I actually love that part. It never like turns. You know, sometimes like you're like, oh, the student smells really good. And then like, you know, you're, you're working out or doing whatever. And you're like, no, it smells really weird. This never happens here. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with our exclusive code and link. And for a limited time, returning customers can get $5 off their next purchase of $30 or more too. Use code PINEAPPLE5 at lumideodorant.com. Lumideodorant.com. L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Thank you, Lumi, for making this holiday season smell a whole lot better. Sean and Gus are taken in for questioning about Despero's disappearance, revealing that Sean even got him a birthday present. Yes. So I think we skipped over a little point. When they're at the, we go back to the prison, we see Ed Dextra of the yes. RCMP. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I thought he said a doctor. I was like, yes. The great Ed Lauder. Yeah. And Ed and Dykstra. I have a, I've got something else here going. Set it, ready? Pull everybody. I've got a psych of separation, which we haven't had in so long. Psych of separation. Ed and I are both in the um, Starship Troopers franchise. Both oh, the wow. What? That's right. Starship Troopers. Oh, I love that. We are this is a good members one. of the franchise. So we're, we're sort of Starship Trooper buddies. Not that we ever crossed paths because we were in different movies, but I thought it was fun. So that's why it's a side group separation, everybody. I love it. And also Ed Dykstra, which we've talked about before, but Ed Dykstra was a, a, a driver um, on our show who we loved. Our season and one beloved beloved Ed, who is a wealth of knowledge for all things Vancouver. 
Yes. And the nicest, the sweetest and, um, loved telling stories. And we, we, (laughs) I love that we named a character for Ed Dykstra. (laughs) And I'm sure that was, I'm sure that was Andy Berman who, uh, who named that character from the first one, but, uh, but yeah, and Ed Lauder, just a wonderful guy. Ed Lauder's so good. Yeah. And just, just perfect and, and, and exciting, exciting for us just to meet him and Yeah, and work with him. Um, Okay, Sean claims he will find Esbro and bring him to justice for the murder and the robbery. That's when the boys head back to the Crown Prosecutor's home to look for clues. There, they are surprised to see Despero, who is claiming he's only there to exonerate himself. Sean wants to believe him. Oh, so, So, yes. So so then we're in the prison, right, where um, we discover that Lasseter and Juliet have shown up? Yes. Yes, oh, yeah. I I caught something which I thought was really funny that... um, they're not even trying to pretend that my sideburns are going gray at this point. <laughs> like, it's like, damn, damn. my left sideburn is like almost full white. It's like the makeup <laughs> arts just, just took an extra long lunch that morning. It's like, don't worry about it. Not, not even funny. attempting. I thought you looked great in this episode. Thanks. I thought you looked great in this episode. I didn't, th- I didn't, I didn't like be like, oh, the gray's there, but I like the gray. So I, I wouldn't think that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, he needs more. He needs more of that. I like it. All right. I, anyway, this is why we were yeah. friends. Tim, I actually think they drew more gray in there because it looks so good. <laughs> and they couldn't help themselves. They're uh, like, more gray. Keep going. God bless you. So, so as uh, for something very fun, and this, this is an important, important beat for our podcast. Okay, good. When we're all in the, uh, in the prison and it's the beautiful reveal of our beautiful Juliet coming out of the, out of the doorway, y'all might want to pull over for this one. In fact, I'm telling you, you're not going to might want to. You're going to need to pull over for this one. If you're on the treadmill, turn it down to like a, a nice walking speed. Mm-hmm. If you're on a ladder, climb off. Because <laughs> when when uh, Juliet walks out of the out of the office to surprise Sean and reveal our audience, our audience gasping that she's there, and there might be some love. She's wearing a very pale Pepto pink blouse, yes, everybody. It's true. Which it's means true. Pepto drink. Right. It's we true. Haven't had a, we haven't had a good Pepto drink in a long time. <laughs> also, that uh, that moment, I think, between Sean and Juliet when they see each other um, is probably top three for me, like on the show, like the the scene, the back and forth where it is like the way it's shot, Steve, there's like that just that moment it breathes. It's like so sweet and so like. It brings back, it's like, there's like a wholesome, I don't know. It's just good. It's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite moments. And you know, it's not that I forgot about it, but like, as it was approaching, I'm like, oh my God, this moment. I loved it so much. Anyway, I love, I love that's, that's what I mentioned at the beginning when I was like one of my favorite moments on the whole series between the two of them. It's actually, I I do love the end of the episode too, but this moment. I I have, I have a moment between two coming up that usurps the moment, but it's very similar to what you're talking about. We'll get to it. Mm Well, what's so great about it is, is there's something there, what is the subtext? Because Juliet knows something that Sean doesn't know and that, right. that Declan is out of her life. And Sean knows something that she doesn't know. So there's, right. there's all this going there. And then there's this, there's what's been holding Sean back his entire life at play as well. <laughs> so there's a lot, there's a lot to get to. And, uh, and yeah, Maggie, okay. I did, I did do the, the, the swooping push into you because it oh, just needed it. The camera, beautiful. the camera was just drawn magnetically <laughs> and it had, it, there was no way to get around it. I think it's the fact that Juliet has this secret that Declan's no longer in the picture. Spoiler alert. 
And so you've got this glow of love, which is why you look so particularly beautiful in this episode. Ah, uh, I'm just, I'm excited to tell him. Like, I'm excited, but I can't, we can't do it there. So like, uh, but he doesn't know that. This show is a rom-com. That's the I amazing know. thing to me. This show is a rom-com. This show is the, the, every part of it. And I don't just mean like Jules, all of it, you, Marlo, uh, every person that's come in, Abigail, like every, like the romance, uh, Corbin and, and even some, like every single relationship that is uh romantic in this, I know I'm forgetting a million of them, but I'm, but is like, it's done so well. Like it's, it, it's a, it's a very, 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 like it's up there with like rom-coms, even though I don't think we'd ever be put in that category, but we have, we have good rom-com energy. <laughs> well, and there, there is the, the biggest one at play in this episode is Sean's love for Despero because oh. Sean Despero's his hero and mm-hmm. Despero, Despero is like <laughs> f- being vulnerable for the first time. Cause he says, I, I want you to know that I could have done all those things you imagine I do. I did that I was faking, and then there's Gus's jealousy of um, Sean's <laughs> love for Despero. There's so, a moment when Sean so says, true. "I don't love you anymore." <laughs> exactly. It's like so. Oh and, I mean, Despero is the father that Sean wanted, you know, <laughs> and also, you know, he's, he's the person he wanted. So that's my favorite part to oh, play I with. Love that. And I love which that. It, which was difficult for all the chassis fans to to stomach. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that's true. That's true. Oh man, that's so good. That's so good, Steve. This so, is what okay. we do the podcast to get info like that. Oh, this is just so good. Like I'm okay. I'm gonna keep going, but just stop yep. me because this is also good. Okay. Um. So, uh. Okay. He wants to exonerate himself. Um. Despero. So Sean wants to believe him. So he creates a diversion to help him escape, yelling at Despero. Uh, in the closet. After he escapes and clocks Gus in the head, the boys come across Lisa Santee, the crown prosecutor's wife. They ask her a few questions, but they come to, uh, but they come to no conclusions, no new conclusions about the case. Back at the hotel, they meet Despero again. Only this time, Despero is with a woman, a woman he met while in prison he has fallen for. But then Juliet knocks on the door. Hang on. Let's <gasps> go up. Pause. Because yeah. this is my favorite. I think we missed another psych first. What? Oh. When um, Sean introduces Gus, this is my partner. He says a real person's name of Yasmin Bleeth. <laughs> oh, yes. That's so true. That's true. <laughs> it, was, it was, I think it was one of the first, like, not a goofy not name. Not made up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Yasmin Bleeth. That's a good one. Okay. So okay, Julia knocks my the- favorite scene. Juliet knocks on the door, but Sean can't let on that Despero is there with them. Juliet tells Sean she broke up with Declan, but Sean has to get her far away from knowing he's helping Despero, so he is forced to be short and awkward with uh, with her, leaving her confused about their relationship. Then Despero asks if he needs help with his girl's troubles. Despero then tells the boys about the middleman that put his client in contact with Despero, a criminal that could get the job done. Yes, Tim. Now, I, I've got to shine a light on this scene because you guys are so good. You particularly are so good in this, in this Aww, scene. Thank you. And truly, this is where all of America just gasps and says, this is where it's going to happen. This is finally where it's going to happen. Yeah. And then he chickens out. Yeah. And they start breaking things and lighting yeah. things on fire. Yeah. Well, Tim, yeah. Tim, to be fair, he didn't chicken out. He had an escaped criminal be- standing behind him in the room. <laughs> so He so, was covering up. And so the yeah. audience knows that. But Julia doesn't. Yeah, just to give Sean a little more credit, I'm sure he was chickening out a little bit, but he did. If Juliet, but I do think I still when I'm watching it, he could he could have found a way. He could have. But the I time think it so. was right yet. Do you want to know some great trivia about this this scene? 
Oh, yeah. we had you on the podcast, it'd be, Steve. It'd yes, be funny. <laughs> it'd be funny if the answer was no and we just moved on to something else. <laughs> but this room also at the Bayshore, and it's a it's a suite with its own hallway. So the hallway there, and what's so great is you can close the door and you control the hallway. So it's like having your own mini studio right there. So that whole hallway they walk down is part of that. But the room they're in is the room that Despero was staying in in the first extradition episode. And so... Despero has set them up in this room, but you don't know, but he set them up in the room that he was staying at last time where we did the whole Miller's Crossing scene oh. and where he found the Marco Ciccone loafers and all that. So it's, there's all these subtle references back to the first Despero episode oh God, as, if, as if that meant anything to anybody but me. No, uh, it but, does. Oh my God. Are you kidding? I bet the psychos know half this too. Like they'll, they'll know a lot of this. They'll be like, this was the same place that they'll know. They will know. Well, and the other thing, the door goes the wrong way because I needed it to be. So we actually had to. We, you're you're actually not using the door. That's the door. You're using the you're using the connecting piece because oh. we needed to be able to block where Despero was. So we had to use the magic of uh, of screwdrivers and drills to uh, <laughs> to make the logistics of this scene work. Oh my God, I which love it. Which comes into play later too when we build an entire forest outside a house with greens. Oh, wait, really? Yes. Okay, all right, hold on. Okay, so the boys meet with Macintosh asking for his help and are thankfully able to get a location on him. At the location, Despero gets the middleman to admit who his client is in a gentlemanly way. Apparently, Frank Crosley, a crime lord, hired him. Despero was in prison with Crosley and admits that the woman he had fallen in love with was actually Crosley's wife. Despero says that Crosley ran his whole operation from prison. Back at the RCMP, Sean gives them a name, Frank Crosley, the detective that... Uh, was murdered, may have been murdered by Crosley. The detective was close to bringing down Crosley's operation, but, but showed up he dead. He might have been what? Could... The detective that was... Murdered. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That was maybe the best one. It gave you some nose crinkle and everything. It's been I a long time. I got to take advantage of when we had I got to have the nose crinkle. I love it. Okay. I know what you like, Maggie. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> okay. Heaven, uh, the detective that was that may have been may have been by Crosley. Okay. The detective was close to bringing down Crosley's operation, but showed up dead before he could put it all together. Now the boys think it was Crosley who killed both the Crown Prosecutor, Crown Crown Prosecutor, and one of the RCMP's detectives. Sean breaks it down. The two deaths are connected because they held information against Crosley. Crosley set up Despero to take the fall for the crime because he found out he was having an affair with his wife. But when they arrive to see Crosley, he's also dead. What is going on? Now, Sean. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Yes. How is he dead? By murder. (laughs) (laughs) And and eventually the fans are going to be like, okay, enough with it. We get it. We get it. We know Tim can do the murder word. (laughs) But but he was legitimately, you know, um, he was brought to deceased in that way. And a rare, a rare, a rare, a rare showing of a homicide. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a a clear entry wound in the head. Yeah, it is rare. But because it's like, there's no exit wound. There's no, um, no, it's not. Catch your packets on the floor. Not gory. The, the fun thing about that scene, and this is where that this is where we um we had to have them watching the house 
they go to the house and they're they're watching it from the forest. But the house we chose, which is right on the route up from the airport that we take, is a beautiful, amazing house that had everything but a forest. So we had the greens department come in, and it's like being in the thickest Christmas tree farm of all time. Oh my god! And gosh. they built this amazing forest all around, are uh, all around them, so we could peek, uh, peek through the guys. Oh my god! And it was great. Actually, I wanted we, to look down at the wood bases that those trees were on because yeah. I was watching the scene, going, "Oh yeah, we built that." With yeah, wood bases. You, yes. You you can always tell when there's a whole bunch of wood chips all over the ground. Yeah. Uh, to cover up. But the funny thing is that scene with the uh with with the, the binoculars was originally much tighter because we I Tim, you may remember this. We were all standing, you guys were all lined up. We had so little time to do it. And then James was like, God, I wish I had some because James doesn't love doing the breakdowns whenever you like. So he always needs some business. Yeah. So we had to stop and then talk about it. And James was like, well, what about these binoculars? So he got the binoculars and James, like, I'm going to do a bit with these binoculars. So it's great. And so we stopped and he come, we come up with this idea that Macintosh loves the binoculars and they're brand new. They were gifts. And, and it was a gift. And Clearly so she was a trap. And and then James does this magnificent ballet, throwing them around and spinning around. But suddenly the little five foot area of shooting has turned into 25 feet of shooting. <laughs> and there's a chase around the tree. And, and, and I'm sure Richard Coleman is bursting a blood vessel in his yeah. head. But, but it's all really helping it so much. And it's like, who am I to stop the genius of James Rodé Rodriguez when he has a really good idea that enhances the scene in such an amazing way? That's now, and again, that's just a perfect example of what a, you said the word to yourself, a, what a genius James is. Yeah. So, and, yeah. I mean, and, he's, and he still has to do the breakdown. He's still got to get the, get the plot points mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. He, he gets all that stuff, but suddenly a scene that's informative for the most part is, or informational, it becomes just kind of light and fun and bouncy and, and really adds to the whole thing. Now, unfortunately, we'd shot that towards the very end of our schedule after we'd shot all the other Peter Oldring uh, scenes, who plays Macintosh, in the, so in the RCMP. So if we had not done it that way, I clearly would have set up those those binoculars and we would have had a, a glass case that he holds them in or he would have oh. been polishing them and he would have been talking about them. But now it's just a thing where these are my binoculars. I love them. We're going with it. And that's oh, what happens it. when you're on the fly and, and just running with with uh, with what you have and in, in, in a very excitable um, um, star who can do anything with any kind of prop. And but also a, someone a, a at cre- the helm. What a credit that... to Peter that he improvised all his responses then. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And you too, because you, <clears throat> it was killing you that <laughs> he's not only putting on the show, but he's uh, he's doing it right when you're about to get to an actual dead body. <laughs> well, thank it's you for bringing so, that back. That bring that compliment back to me, Steve. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how uh, I that's do it. Good. That's good. God. That's good. Like juice. That's so good. Um, also, it takes a like a certain director, Steve, to like let people find play and go with it. So, like, yes, it is the genius of James Rodriguez, Rodriguez, but it's also having the support and the creative visual uh, vision that you have to, like, actually support us, him, whoever, in doing that and not being like, oh, we have to stick to this little thing because it's here. You're like, no, let's see what's ca- what we're capable of and and explore it. And you, we got it done. Yeah, and it uh, yep. and, you know, it, it's Steve, the director, making up the, for the shortcomings of Steve, the writer. 
It's perfect. So, <laughs> stop. Untrue. Uh, There's stop. no such things. Okay. <laughs> Now, Sean realizes that Despero may actually be guilty. So Sean and Gus discuss the case behind the car, but suddenly they find Despero being held at gunpoint by Crosley's wife, the actual crime boss. Valerie Crosley was the one who set up Despero, not her husband. Despero creates a diversion, and Sean is able to knock her out unconscious, allowing them to ex- escape. The uh, next day... Hold yes. on, Maggie. Can I, yes, can of I, course. Can I, can I point out literally one of the dumbest... Plot points we've ever done in the show. This originally was a whole day on its own and they were going to a location and she was there and they find him there and they pulled in to go to this location and budget schedule, all this happened. So it just so happened that what we were left with is Gus stops the car and that just happened to be where she's holding him at gunpoint. (laughs) How convenient. (laughs) They were were on their way to the place, but luckily Gus uh, decided to slam on the brakes right around that same area. How Uh, how intuitive of him. uh, But that was another, uh, like a 10 page sequence that was really really fun and we were nowhere near budget or time to mm-hmm. uh to shoot that so it just happened that that they uh that that's where they were and uh you know it was uh it was, it was just a coincidence interesting uh just a coincidence okay the next day Lasseter completes Despero's extradition back to the U.S. and Sean goes to meet up with Juliet to finally set things straight Juliet says that she and Sean missed the moment and then maybe a relationship between them isn't meant to be. Juliet Aww. pleads to not do this right now, but Sean finally shares his true feelings with her, and they share the kiss to end all kisses that even draws a crowd. Then they take it to the gift shop, the car, and finally Sean's really nice room. <laughs> <laughs> Which we never uh, see. We never see that part. I mean, we obviously know. Never mind. I was about to say, we obviously know where we're going, but... Yeah. Is it, it a certain a, town we've discussed? Is this a certain what? A certain town? Oh. <laughs> I'm you so know what stupid. town I'm talking about. I'm so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and that that's the episode that is the sweetest. That shot, that wraparound shot still uh always gets me with that kiss. That day was the so most fun. PDA on our show ever, I oh. think. Well, we need we need to we need to now turn the floor over to Maggie because we have to discuss this day because uh-huh. we and this whole episode is built around this moment and mm-hmm. um as and, it should be. Yeah, and we I, it was like, okay, we're going to do the one they're going to finally kiss. Where are they going to kiss? Well, they have to kiss at Prospect Point overlooking yeah. the the entirety yeah. of Vancouver yeah. and it was it was perfect and great, but it was also very awkward. Because Maggie and James have not made out in front of the entire crew. Oh my God. We talked about this. And we were, there were, I think, still crew members because we were so, yeah. like, we hit it there so were. well at work. Yeah. That we're like, wait, were you guys involved? Yeah. Like, like did it. What? Know. I mean, for years, there were people who didn't know. That's how, like, because we had a thing. Like, it was like your, his, his partner is is Dulay and my partner is Tim. And when it comes to work, that's like, that's where we work. That's how we all like work together. I don't like, we didn't define it like that, but it was just like work is work and that's separate. And we, you know, but this moment for us was, it was like, okay, as much as I love it, 
it was also that that like border, uh, borderline mortifying of like this is our family we're now making out in front of like <laughs> our brothers and sisters and people who don't even know about us yet and we had a we had a, it was interesting we both had a, we both were talking about it i think to everybody we were like this feels weird um yeah. And it and, was great too. And I was apologizing because yeah, was I great said too. she said at the end. It was great too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what's also weird about it. It was 8:30 in the morning. It, it wasn't was like, so early. I do it, remember that. And it was cold. It was like it was, it so was like cold. really early. Yeah. And yeah. it was it was very cold. And I, I remember coming over to you guys and saying, listen, I'm, I apologize, but this is a huge moment for the fans. So there is going to be a crane mounted on the landing oh, that's right. below that's going to soar up 25 feet up to you guys. There's going to be a, there's going to be a oh, another one that comes down. There's going to be a steady cam that circles around you. We're going to cover this from all the points because I kind of feel that's what everybody is going to want. And I am. I apologize in advance. Because that also means for all of that to happen, we had to make out for that much time. So oh, it awful. You must have hated it. Hated it. <laughs> um, well, we had a good time, but and, it was also funny. And not only that, I also put a camera up above them so you could see down to the uh to the bridge and over into West Van. And it was great. It looks amazing. And then a cruise ship suddenly slowly mer merges into our frame and we have to oh wait for it to go. So we now have another delay there so we can have continuity of, of not a ship that just suddenly appears. And and not to mention the 40 extras that are just standing out there also kind of cold. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just, there were a lot of extras. Yeah, it's it very funny. It was so beautiful, Steve. Yeah, I got to go back actually and watch this scene shot. again because I might or might have been, I may or may not have been crying last night when I was watching it to, for the <laughs> for my very professional notes. It's so a good I got to go back and watch this scene tonight. Yeah, it's a good well, one. Well, and the funny thing is, I I knew that I for some reason I I always knew that I wanted it to be to Elvis's such a night, but uh, oh, I was wondering what that song. Yes, was. it was the Elvis song. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that, and that was the song that that my my mom my sister loves so much, and they used to sing all the time. And it's like it's it it's such a ro a fun yet romantic song, and it's iconic because it's uh, because it's Elvis. And and I never thought we'd be able to afford it because you, we generally couldn't afford most anything. Uh, <laughs> so the fact that we were able to get it and chop it up and start it and stop it over and over again was uh, was really very fun, really very cool. That's so, I love that you got that song for that moment, especially knowing that that story, your mom and sister. That's so sweet. Yeah, no, it's a, Elvis was a big part of our uh, of our of our house. Eating clean shouldn't be boring, especially during the holiday season. Feel your best and satisfy your cravings with adventurous eats made nutritious, all thanks to Green Chef. Discover exciting new flavors with recipes that feature certified organic fruits, vegetables, and sustainably sourced seafood, and unique farm fresh ingredients like tart cherries, truffle zest, and rainbow carrots. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean. This holiday season, eat chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring fresh ingredients with nothing artificial. Choose from recipes featuring lean proteins like turkey and sockeye salmon, tilapia, scallops, and shrimp, certified organic whole fruits, vegetables, and eggs, and plenty of whole grain options. When I think Green Chef, I think of sustainability and convenience. Green Chef delivers everything you need right to your door. 
Power through the bustling holiday season with our convenient step-by-step recipes, including wholesome dinners ready in 30 minutes or less, 10-minute lunches, grab-and-go lunches, and green bundles featuring clean snacks and functional beverages. Plus, Cut down on meal prep with pre-portioned and prepped ingredients, including pre-measured sauces, spices, and dressings delivered right to your door. If you ask me my favorite recipe, I'd have to say it's either the maple butternut squash risotto or the apricot chicken. They're both so delicious and did not take me forever to make in the kitchen. It's actually really fun. I feel like I learn a lot about cooking just in general. For Green Chef's best deal of the year, get $250 off with code PINEAPPLE250 at greenchef.com slash pineapple. Pineapple 250. That's $250 off with code pineapple250 at greenchef.com slash pineapple250. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. We can all agree on one thing. Nobody likes that smelly garbage that attracts fruit flies and ants into the kitchen. Most of us are still taking out the trash like it's 1920s. And that smelly garbage that gets picked up every week, almost half of it is made of food waste, doesn't only stink up your kitchen, it also stinks up our planet with a lot of methane. Now that I've invested in a Lomi, it's changed the way I deal with my food waste. Lomi is the biggest innovation in modern day kitchen since the dishwasher. It's smart, simple food recycling that fits into my space perfectly. In just four hours, Lomi transforms almost anything you eat into nutrient-rich plant food at the push of a button. Cut the chore of doing the trash in half, eliminate bugs and odors in your kitchen, and here is the bonus. You get to feed your lawn and garden with an all-natural fertilizer that you just created out of food scraps. So good. There's no rotting in the garbage and smelling up the kitchen. Now I only take the trash out like on garbage day. No more leaky bags. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint. By reducing the amount of food I send to the landfill, I'm helping to do my part for the planet. Whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash pineapple and use promo code pineapple to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi, L-O-M-I dot com slash pineapple and use promo code pineapple at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this podcast. We, okay, we have fan questions. Steve, are you ready? I am so ready for these fan questions. What's your favorite scene from this episode, Steve? Uh, to me, there's two of them. One of them is the one we just discussed um, because it was it was such an undertaking and it was uh, it was such an important moment in the series. And you really feel a responsibility for that moment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it's like, oh, I don't want to mess that up and I don't, I don't right. want it to come out bad. So that it was that one. But the other one that was so fun is one we didn't even discuss here. It's, it's the it's the grappling gun. And uh, um, oh. and having and sending Carrie up on a wire sixty feet up into the air was really, really something I always wanted to do. And by the way, that that scene we did the same day, we also hung the guy off the other side of the building. Kudos to that stunt guy whose name I don't know. Uh, we hung him upside down off of a fifth story uh, balcony. For that guy was that. By any chance in Yale Town, do you know that location? I could swear I know that building. I could swear I lived in that building for a season when I saw you know, it. it. It looks like Yale Town, but it's over by the Costco. So it's over down at the other oh, end. Okay. Down Got there it. by that, the arena. By the Costco. I yes, exactly. Like, yeah, and that was, one of our crew members lived in that building. And we searched for a building because what we needed was we needed a balcony. And this is once again, Steve, the writer, making things very difficult for everybody else. I I needed a balcony that 
that that Carrie could hold someone upside down, but see through the balcony so we could see the guy's like head. Like the railing. Because, yeah. Yeah. And so the so there had to be clear glass railing, and he had to hold him up high enough so he could then have an entire breakdown. And the, and the joke being that he's holding the guy so long that there's a casual conversation going on, and then oh the guy breaks and gives the information. Oh. And then we need to be able to get the the safety equipment there, and it was uh, it was really fantastic. We did that stunt in the morning, and then by the end of the day, we we went around to the back and we used the same safety crane that we used to shoot carry up into the uh, into the air 50, 60 feet. That thing is had so an amazing. amazing time. Yeah, love and, that. Yeah, and Carrie did it. Carrie, I mean, there was of course there was Dan Shea in the in the Carrie um, um, you know clothes, but. Terry did it. He went. He went straight up the thing, and it was. Uh, it was just obviously, obviously, that grappling gun is not going to carry a human being up. But in this but show, it does. It, it did. Yeah, yes. I believed it. I believed it. I loved. I loved. I thought that was so cool. Um, okay, Steve. What made you decide this was the right moment for Shules? Well, it had been as we we had tried to extend it as long as we could, and uh, we knew we had to get there at some point. But we also were a little. We we didn't want to ruin this sort of ramp up, so you know it only been yeah. five seasons and ten episodes up to that point. But it was and, right; it was exactly right. Yeah, and it it did. It felt like it felt like we 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 got there in in a in a good way. It needed to happen. We couldn't possibly have extended it anymore. And uh, it was the right <laughs> it was the right scenario. I mean, the themes, the, all the themes that are going around in this episode, uh, you know, and in terms of of you know, in strange ways, you know, love and, and, and missed opportunities and all that stuff. Despero has a, has a relationship with a lady. We get to see the violent part yeah. of uh, Despero. We're seeing all these shades of all these things. We're seeing parts of the set that we've never seen before. And yeah. we're seeing this thing that everybody's been going, come on, just do it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so it was many things. It was so great. And in the midst of, 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 of a run of real, of four episodes are super, I, I didn't even know what comes after a uh, dual spires. It's probably something that I, that I like a lot as well. In plain but, uh, right, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, wait, I, no. In That's plain next. fights next. Right. And then, right. and then dual spires. dual spires, which by the way, we should also talk about, <laughs> there's an amazing thing that happens when you guys have your own television program. That in the at the beginning of the episode, everybody's just completely invested in that one. They're super excited, and it's all about this next coming episode. But then there's a tipping point in the middle because the machinery is always working. Is that there's another episode in prep that's coming up, mm -hmm. and usually by the last day, people are starting to they're looking at the next script, and everybody's yeah. sort of their attention is diverting to the next thing. So you don't want to do anything important on the last day because you need everybody's focus there. But the next thing that was coming up was Dual Spires, Matt Shackman, everyone out of town. It's the thing that we've been wanting to do forever. So it was about God. five days in that, that people were like, okay, wh when are we going here? What are we going to do? Where, where, <laughs> where's the horse going to be in Dual Spires? So it was uh, there was a lot of energy going that way. And, and just a, like, okay, we're still doing this one too. Uh, oh, that's so true, Steve. That's so interesting because, like, that is what happens usually toward the end. Yeah, day one, it's like, yeah, the new episode. But by the end, it's sort of like everyone's on on set, literally reading the script for, like, prepping for the next day to start the next. That's uh, I didn't think about the that. The crew's trying like, to figure out when they're going to get their doctor's appointments in. It, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, exactly. Everybody. 
So it's, it's, you know, it was, and, and for me, I was like, I'm looking at the drawings of dual spires and I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. And they're like, come to the set. We're shooting a scene. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This one too. Yeah, that's good. Um, Steve, what was it like filming in Canada without pretending you aren't in Canada? It was uh, Andy and I had the dream um, with the first uh, Despero episode and we ended up doing four of them. And and it's funny because I think I I like each of them in that order. I like the fourth one or in, in reverse order. Like I think my favorite is the fourth one and then the third one and then this one and then that. And not because of the content there's just huge moments there but because i think we we got better at them or at least i got better at them interesting so and the 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 last the fourth one which is the 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 very strange um uh, the british one um was just like it was the last season and it's just like let's just go nuts and uh and do it and you know, I actually, this moment, the, like the last scene and, and pieces of this one are some of my favorite things from the whole show. So I take back that ranking of, of the <laughs> Desperate episode. The, the third one's the Indiana Jones one, which is literally mm-hmm. my dream to mm-hmm. to get to play in that space. And, uh, and it's beat, a, my favorite line in this episode is one where, where Sean actually calls out that they're in Vancouver. Uh-huh. <laughs> my other favorite line in this episode is when we talk about how many people are named Gord in the prison. <laughs> Well, when Carrie, when Carrie is being super, when Despero is being super polite to Gus about how he's in which manner he's going to shiv him to, uh, <laughs> and, he, exactly. and, he'd learned, and he'd learned how to make the shiv from thirty guys named Gord in Gord, uh, yeah. uh, prison, and that's uh, that's really fun, and it, it's so such a relief, and and I think that's why there's so many locations here because we can point it at the mountains, we can go up into the into the GVRD and not have to pretend that it's it's somewhere in you know, in Solvang or wherever, wherever right. we are. Solvang. And so it's, Yuka- it's really, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Maggie. Oh, did you know at the time, which song would be playing for the kiss scene? I was it in the script, Steve, because I don't think I knew. Was it? I did. And I think because, because of the whole it? thing, I think yeah. I played it for you on my phone, which I'm sure was, um, didn't sound great, but, I, <laughs> but I just wanted to know that it's like, you know, it's not, it's not the theme of Romeo and Juliet or any of that stuff. It is, <laughs> it is bouncy and fun and romantic and sweet, but it's, yeah. uh, but it also has the kind of nice, um, the niceness that you. No, I'm remembering this now. I remember this now because I remember being like, I remember it all solidified. Like I could see it in my head. Like we had written, you know, it was on the page. We were about to shoot it, but I do, I do remember hearing that song and being like, oh, this is like a fun. Like it's going to, it's going to have this like energy and it's going to be not, as you said, like, just like this, like big, heavy, you yeah. know, it's going to be like, oh my God, we like, we busted open the door now. Let's, and it's let's how, go. It's how we buy back those, just like how we buy back the emotional moments. It's how we buy back the romantic moments by, right. by balancing it out with all that. Right. And, and so, you know, it, it's sort of the way we have to operate the way we do. Uh, Tim, by the way, um, I did leave out my favorite last or line from this episode, um, which is where you say that where you go on a diatribe about Canada, where you talk about the backward, <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. the backward rain drenched den of politeness and then say, no offense. <laughs> and then to which, to which Mac Tosh goes, like your suit, by the way. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like none taken. I like your suit. It's just the most Canadian thing of all time. Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, that's and so which, cute. by the way, my favorite, one of my favorite shots in there is I, 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 I was crazy with the steady cam because you, we have that round table that you're at. So we follow you guys in and there's like a 270 degree spin around, which means we were moving equipment as the camera oh, was right, moving to get, right. to get a clear line of. So Tim, the fact that you nailed that every time while we were doing a behind the camera, we were having to do all these, these big moves was, uh, was really impressive on your part. Thanks buddy. Yes. I appreciate that. I love it. Okay. Last question. Okay. What would be your ideal escape from jail? Ooh. Ideal escape from jail. Um, it's just a question. I'm not sure if this is for Steve or like for the group. Does anybody have an idea of how they would escape from jail? I got mine. Oh, well then Tim. I want a wall blown out and then escaping on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. Of course, that's how you would exit. That's how you would escape jail. What was I thinking? Steve? I think I'd like to go out in disguise because I don't think I'd like to do any tunneling. And I don't, sure. I don't, and what they always show in those, in those prison escape movies is like, you know, you pull the, the brick out from underneath the sink or whatever, and then you get in and now you're in all the sewage pipes and you're having you know, to go out. Then you're Andy Dupree in, in uh, Shawshank. Andy Dupree, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then the, and then you're and then you're then you have a whole other thing you got to do and then you got to get out and then suddenly there's the lights and the guard tower and all that stuff. So I think it would be really fun to be able to assume somebody else's identity without yeah. them knowing and and just walk out the front door, either that or deep inside the laundry basket. Oh, because the laundry's got to go out, right? All good. These options. are so good. I've never even thought about this guy. What would I do, Tim? What would I do? I don't know. I like the idea of of a uh, of um of a disguise, but I also like the idea of like like a diversion of some kind. Um, you know, because you I like know. adventure. Because I do. I, I I I would like adventure. Like if t- if like you and I were in there together, I'd be like, all right, Tim. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to create the diversion. I'm going to get out. I'm going to go get that horse. I'm going to come back <laughs> with two horses. I'll be on one of them. Blow out the wall. You're going to hop on the other, and then we'll go. That's our plan. So you're in charge of the plastic explosives and the horses. Love it. hundred percent. And I, <laughs> I would, I, I feel confident I could handle that well. 100% you could. Yeah. Yeah. So there, <laughs> we worked it out. <laughs> Let's hope we, we just, never have to use it. Let's hope. <laughs> it might, it might come to it one day, Tim. We might need to discuss this further. So we have it, you know, nailed in uh, just in case. Um, oh my gosh. That's the end of our fan questions. That is our episode. I always feel this way, Steve. I'm always like, I am I giggle so much, but I also feel like after all this time, how is there so much I'm still learning about even the show and like some of the ways, locations we shot. And it's just so fun. It's so fun. And the way we have to sort of, uh, this is a great episode in terms of how all the compromises we have to make to be able to, to get the scale that we're kind of going for. Right. And, right. Uh, and this was... I got tired watching this episode because I just remember that, that there's a scene where, where Gus gets knocked out and then he slides into the closet. He opens the door and then Despero's inside the closet <laughs> yeah. and slides him in. And I remember that's the latest I've ever shot that they had wrapped everything and there were there were people carrying the rugs up there. And I fr- <laughs> I had to frame that door just so we didn't we looked away from all the equipment that was going up the stairs and leaving. And that we ended up, well, of course, we built the the closet 
the inside of the closet on the stage because it would have been too small anyways. But th- that was a whole stunt of Gus falling and then sl- um, sliding. But we didn't we didn't have time to to do that. We didn't have time to do it properly. So you just see you do lay sell it by following falling back, and then we and then we we slid him back uh, on just the just the 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 quality of the um of the floor polishing. Yeah, it's so good. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. This is so funny. The things you have to do when you're some sometimes that like crunch the when Richard Coleman's like we've got to go and like people are rapping and like the the trucks are being loaded. Sometimes you get this like crazy like our brains work differently. Like some of some I feel like some of the best stuff we've we've done sometimes happens in those moments where you almost just have to like go with it. And yeah, no. Find it. Yeah. And it's it's exciting. I don't know what we would do with a real budget. I don't think we could. <laughs> what would that feel like? I don't what would know. that look like? <laughs> what could we have done? On that note, hopefully we're making psych four. Uh hopefully at, at a good budget. Four, psych four, psych four, psych four, psych four. Steve, we will keep all of the candles lit. Uh, I feel hopeful that we will obviously keep, we have so many more stories to tell. So we're going to keep telling them. I hope so. And our fan base is so good and they're keeping the uh, the candle lit for us and uh, we'll persevere because yes, we're ready we to do this. We're, we're, we're better than we've ever been. So yes. why shouldn't we, uh, why shouldn't we keep this going? Let's go. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, Steve. Oh, just the best. We laugh so much when you're on. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Please follow us at The Psychologists Are In on Instagram, Twitter at Psychologist Pod, and please check out our Patreon for full video episodes and ad-free apps. That would be at patreon.com slash psychologists are in. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.